The Jolt with Larry Flick on Sirius XMLQ. Kissing boys in the street When I'm gone Keep kissing boys in the street Well, that is pretty powerful stuff and a song that we've enjoyed playing here. On Sirius XM Q, it's called Boys in the Street. It's by an artist named Greg Holden, taken from his album Chase the Sun. I'm Larry Flick here, and um, we're joined in studio by Greg Holden. Hello. Hello, Larry. How are you? Nice to meet you. At long last, I'm a fan. Me too. I'm a big, big fan. You're a big fan of yourself? Oh, yeah. I'm a huge fan of myself. (laughs) I couldn't resist. Huge fan. I could not resist. (laughs) That was perfect. Um, So... Congratulations on the album. It's Thank a, you. It's a lovely, lovely album. I've been enjoying it for, it's been out for a few months now, hasn't yeah. it? Yeah. And, um, and uh, this new track has gotten a lot of attention. Um, but we should begin from the outset saying that although it is one of the more empathetic stories about a young gay man, um, you're not gay. I am not. You're not. So... How did you come up with this story? Let's just dig right in. Well, I was asked to write um, a song for some friends of mine who run this organization called Everyone is Gay. And um, what I didn't want to do was just create this song that didn't mean anything to me or didn't have any like sort of personal meaning. So I, I grew up um, having a terrible relationship with my stepfather, so it was very easy for me to tap into that sort of... Um, that sort of emotion where you feel like you aren't accepted, you know, by someone who's very close to you. So for, for for that, that that was very easy for me. And then I also wanted to, you know, sort of try and get into the minds of some people that I really care about too, who have gone through things like that. So, mm. what's what what I uh, love about what I hear in the music and what I've just heard you say is what I've always believed, which is we're just like everybody else. Yeah. It's just circumstances can be different. It's totally true. So how do you find, I know that, that uh, the folks, uh, the gay folks who listen to, to my shows here on OutQ respond very favorably. They also begin by assuming you're gay. Mm-hmm. So when people find out that you're not gay, does that change their point of view? Um, I hope not, you know, because... Has anyone said anything to your face? Um, In what sense? Anything negative, like how do you... You don't know my life. No, but you know that was a that was a concern in the beginning because was it? what I didn't want to do is take on this, you know, role of being a spokesperson for something that I don't, you know, I'm not necessarily deeply deeply um experiencing, you mm. know. So I want I was just trying to tell a very simple story that would hopefully make people f- feel more compassionately t- towards people that aren't like themselves, you know. Um so really I haven't had much negative feedback, which has been great. That's really good, and and will be to anyone I say who's stupid enough to get angry because you're not gay because the biggest wars we've won we've won with our allies. Mm-hmm. So good on you for doing that. Well, thank you. Um, when did you realize that you were a storyteller? I first realized that as a storyteller, probably when I first started listening um, to Bob Dylan. 
back when I was 18 years old, someone handed me a few Bob Dylan albums and I wasn't yet making music. Um, I wasn't really even listening to music and I was certainly looking for a way out of a situation that I was in at home and, you know, had a voice, but I hadn't yet figured out how to express it or how to, how to use it. And by hearing a lot of Dylan's lyrics and sort of the anger within these very seemingly peaceful songs, you know, uh, that was so inspiring for me. And that was the moment when I realized that I had opinions, I had things to say, but, you know, I now had a way to say them. Where did you find the the confidence to know that what you wanted to say was something that people would want to hear? Because countless folks have heard Bob Dylan mm-hmm. and have felt the urge to pick up a guitar. Um, but not everybody's had everything it takes to follow through to the point where you've landed today. So where do you find the courage to say, you know what? What I'm saying is what you need to hear. I think I'm I'm still looking for that courage sometimes. Are you? Yeah, you know. But you gotta have I some feel... balls to get to, to get to the point where you're signed to a major label, mm-hmm. you got a record, you're traveling around, you're doing shows. That's there's gotta be a little self possession going on there. Yeah, I mean, you know, I think I got to a point a little while ago where I just stopped giving a shit. And I I was I, I don't appreciate when people pretend to have a voice or to say something important but then don't really go ahead and do it you know and everyone you meet people in bars you meet people in restaurants who have all these opinions but they would never stand up and say it and I think if you're going to have an opinion you really have to own it and I'm trying to get better at doing that um but I think that it's very important especially nowadays to to sort of own what you have to say when was the first time you played for people the first time I played for anybody was when I was 18 years old. I played an open mic night in my hometown. And, and that I, is? What's that? My hometown is called Leyland uh, in Lancashire, the northwest of England. And we had this open mic night at this place called The Ship. And uh, it was mostly middle-aged dudes playing, you know, brown-eyed girl and all that sort of stuff. <laughs> not really, not too many teenagers um, walking into the bar playing songs. So I played... Uh, I played the first song I ever learned on guitar was Green Day, Time of Your Life. And I played a song of my own as well. And I had to get so drunk to even sit down and play for people. It was so, it was the most terrifying thing that I had ever experienced. It was a, it was, it was fun though. You know, it was the first time that I had people's attention. And I think I was always a bit of an attention seeker at school because I never felt like anybody really cared about me. Well, you're very you're very American for an Englishman. I've been in Brooklyn for seven years. Yeah, but even even beyond that, accent wise, you mean? No, just there's something about your music. There's something about your. I, I, maybe I, I I'm. Is it the American flag T-shirt that I'm wearing? No. That yeah. <laughs> well, I'm. You know, the thing is, I'm married to a Brit, and there's there, and 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 I've spent a lot of time with. Brits, and yeah. you're decidedly not British until oh. we hear you speak. So I'm wondering if uh, if you're did you always feel an affinity for American music? Yeah, I was definitely more inspired by a lot of American bands and American artists for sure. And did that make you feel even more distant from the people in your life? Um, I don't think so. I think the thing that I was drawn to was the lack of, again, giving a shit. I think there's something about American musicians and songwriters who 
they're fearless. Mm. They, the, you know, in England, you can you can look at people like that and be like, oh, they're arrogant. You know, they're cocky. They don't give a shit. They're not. You know, they they have no respect or whatever. You can look at it like that if you want to. But really, I think what I most admired about American artists was they really didn't give a shit, and that really I really gravitated towards that. Maybe that's coming across in my music. I don't know. Well, you know, it's funny because the way you say it, it could be construed as cocky, but there's nothing cocky about you sitting here right now. And I don't find anything cocky in your music. I find confidence, which I think is very, very attractive. But I wouldn't, I think, I, but I, do, I, I, I agree with what you're saying that in order to, to really immerse yourself in what you really care about, you kind of, I guess you got to care enough so that people, so you know how to bring it to people mm-hmm. and, and, and do the sed- dance of seduction with people. But you kind of also need to not give a shit so that what they say doesn't really hurt you. Yeah, so you can carry on doing it. So you can keep, otherwise it paralyzes yeah. you, right? Yeah, exactly. You can be very influenced by people's reaction to you. And I think it's important to, I think it's important to appreciate that, to have that, you know, so that you don't just go completely off the rails and do whatever you want because you, you know, especially my music, I'm talking about acceptance and, you know, compassion. And I think if I just ignored everybody, then it would be sort of hypocritical. But at the same time, you have to appreciate that everyone has their own opinion. And, you know, it's okay to have your own too. It's Greg Holden joining us on Sirius XMLQ. I'm Larry Flick. His album is called Chase the Sun. And it does seem like uh, the the thread of uh, a number of the songs on this album is self-acceptance or acceptance by others mm-hmm. um all of the all the the men in these songs and i assume that they're some of them are you some of them are elements of you some of them are just people you've met mm-hmm. um but they represent someone at your place in life the place of life where you're in fight mode what happens have you thought about what happens when things and things will pick up and things will, you will achieve what you want. It's undeniable. Um, do you worry about how that's going to change your writing? Because it's such a prevalent element in what you're talking about right now. I don't, I'm not, I'm not concerned about that. I think my concern is how far do I go <laughs> before I come across as um, preachy or something you know my my concern is to keep the songs real and to keep them in a place that means something to me but not let them run away with themselves you know and I'm already starting to write new new material for my next album and it, it is a lot of it again very story based about other people actually almost completely about other people um I really enjoy writing about other people I, th- I think it's you know it's a good way of understanding what other people have to go through by, by writing a song about them because you're able to dive into every part of their lives and everything that you're interested in and everything that you don't understand. You sort of analyze this this, this person. And I think I'm sort of overwriting about myself. Well, it's interesting because you're, you're describing um, an approach that is very country music oriented mm-hmm. because great country songs, you know, no one asks Tim McGraw, for example, if all of his songs are about him, because they're not. Mm-hmm. It's it's part of the idiom to tell the story of your audience as opposed yeah. to yours. Whereas in rock and roll, 
it's meant to be confessional or people want to believe it's confessional. Yeah. Um, I like to sometimes leave it unanswered, you know. Well, what do you, I, I do get a lot of questions that are like, is this about you? Is it not? And my answer is usually, what, what does it matter? So did you hate having to tell people you weren't gay when people started asking you with no. regard to boys in the street? No, I don't care if they think I'm gay or not. I, no, meaning, meaning, uh, did you, would you have preferred to have kept things vague? Uh, well, I sort guessing. of knew when I wrote the song that people were going to think that, you know, at least some people were going to wonder. So I wasn't, I wasn't shocked when I got that question. But do you, did you want to answer it? I generally do answer with, with what does it matter? Are you, uh, do you fancy yourself a troubadour? Sort of allergic to that word. Why are you allergic to that word? I don't know. It's just so, you see it on like every, every, every other singer songwriter's Twitter account or profile. I know, but the most of troubadours. Them, I know, but most of them are in translation now. Um, I know. <laughs> and to that, you know, I don't, I don't even really understand what troubadour is these days. Well, the reason why I ask you that is because, you know, again, your approach to writing is very, you know, to me, modern country is is derived of the troubadour idea, which is you go out in the world mm -hmm. and you collect stories from experiences and then you tell them. And the thing is, most people, most people who call themselves troubadours aren't. That's mm -hmm. how I know now maybe that you really are. Because it's sort of like when people say, well, do you fancy yourself a pop star? If they say, Yes, they're not. Yeah, it's so like when someone says, "I'm cool." Yeah, well, they're they're never cool. Totally. So, have you spent a lot of time traveling this country? Yeah, a lot of time and the world. I'm very fortunate. And 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 what is the thing when you when you land somewhere? What do you find? Is after the basics of like you know where you're going to get your food and all <laughs> that stuff. What do you find you notice? About where the you biggest go. thing that I've noticed is that we are all so similar. You know, cultures are different, skin color is different, but deep down, I think the 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 thing that I notice the most is that everyone is is the same. Everyone wants to laugh and smile and hug the person that they care about. And once I realized that, it was very easy to go into different places that felt scary before. You know, because you sort of understand, oh. I'm just another one of these human beings in this situation and it's not a scary place at all. And I, because of that, I started really enjoying traveling. Mm. How do you, how do you respond to some of the modern demands of an artist? Like social media, like social media, like even there's something very, um, not of this time about you. I, I and I say I choose those words carefully because I don't perceive you as retro, but I do perceive you as not 2015. Oh, and do you, and do you know that. what I mean? Yeah, I do. Because you know Chris Isaac is retro. Mm -hmm. You're not doing yeah. that. Um, but you're definitely not 2015. I look at you. Know, I look at you sitting in front of me. Your your imaging on on your record is very not of this time. Mm -hmm. I don't know what time it is, which I also really like. Okay, good. Um, <laughs> Uh, I mean, I could you could you could pinpoint several different times in within a couple of decades, which is kind of fun. But so, how do you relate to the current world? Um, it causes me a lot of anxiety sometimes, actually. Does it? <laughs> yeah the 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 
complete lack of any sort of mystery um, stresses me out. You know, the fact that you have to be available to everybody all the time, just not in, not just in my career, but, you know, with everybody around me, you expect it to always be showing people what you're doing, you know, posting about what you're doing, sharing everything. It, it sort of takes away the beauty of it, I think, if you're always having to share things. Like I, I, I went hiking in Colorado the other day and I got to the top of this beautiful, beautiful mountain and my first instinct was to take a picture and post it on Instagram. And I hated it. That was my first instinct, you know. You've been, um, you've been, you've been brainwashed. Yeah, I'm just trapped. We, 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 we all. It always feels like we're we're trapped in this sort of the society that has to reveal everything. And you know, I I, I long <laughs> for the days that you sort of watch this artist and he would disappear off the stage and you would you you wouldn't see him again until you went to another show. You you saw them on TV or something like that. But now you follow them on Instagram. You see what they ate for dinner. And I think there's something weird about that. It makes me uncomfortable. It, it's it's an odd it's an odd place because I've I've I feel like I finally surrendered about six months ago, seven months ago, to social media. Mm-hmm. I sort of did it, but now I'm really doing it because <laughs> it's sort of it was sort of I was told you need to do this. Yeah, part of what you do is communicate to people. And this is part of the way you now have to communicate with people. Otherwise, you fall behind. Otherwise, you're not considered successful. Yeah. Because people are looking at random numbers that, to me, are meaningless. Yeah, me too. And, you know, I'm constantly judged by how many followers I have on Twitter. Yeah, you know? me too. And, you know, and I don't have a lot. And I don't give a shit either. And, like, you know, I don't want to be judged on my music by how many followers I have, you yeah. know, or how, how many people can I, can I fit in one room? You know, it's that doesn't matter to me. I don't think that's important. I certainly don't think it's a judge of quality at all. So how do you reconcile that with the ambition it takes to get as far as you've gotten so far? Because I won't believe you if you tell me you're not ambitious. I'm certainly ambitious, yeah. Uh, and and I can tell. So how do you reconcile the two? Because, or, or Red you... wine. <laughs> that's a good answer. But no, honestly, how do you how do you do that? Because you have to, these days, you don't get to be an, just an artist anymore. No, you have to be this you don't get online to, figure. You don't get to do it. It's just not allowed. No. So how do, you, how do you reconcile the fact that you want people to buy this? You have a show coming of up Of course. Yeah. You want people to go. I have you bills to put, pay. You know, I, have, I, want to, I want to have a successful career. I want yeah. To, you know. So how do you do that? Because once upon a time... A guy like you would look at the guy over here, you know, to your left and say, do that. But that's not his job anymore. No. And everybody's sort of scrambling now. No one, everything's changing so fast that the people that knew what they were doing are also trying to figure it out. We're all trying to figure it out because it's a big change and it's also a fast, fast paced change. You know, it's so easy to slip behind and, and, and the way that you succeed now is so, well, nobody knows how to do it anymore. You know, you can use the, all the resources that you've got, but at the end of the day, the people listening, um, and nothing against anybody listening, but we're so overfed information, and we, you know, we we see this constant, constant new new streams of new information all the time. You know, from 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 the fact that someone put out a record to the fact that it was an earthquake in Nepal, and then you know, and then some celebrity changes his gender. You you know, but it happens so fast. And so frequently that we just forget immediately, you know, we, everything gets, we, we live in a nation of 
forgetful people. Yeah. We're also a nation of lonely people. Mm-hmm. And we get lonelier the more connected we become, don't you think? I think, that, yeah, there's a certain irony to social networks because people are becoming less social. Yeah, yeah. That's Greg Holden joining us here on Sirius XMLQ. The album is called Chase the Sun. So do you worry about meeting enough people to be inspired when most people are in hiding now? I do worry about that. Yeah. I, it's, I, it's much harder to meet anybody now because they just figure, well, I talked to you on Facebook. Well, that's why I got off Facebook a few years ago because of that reason. Because my relationship with my friends and my 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 mom actually too, you know, I would talk to my mom on the phone and she would be like, oh, "I already saw that. I already saw that you did that on Facebook." You know, I tell her that I did something. I was like, "Man, why am I even calling calling her up?" So I got off Facebook, you know, and I found that actually my relationships with friends and and my family improved because people didn't know what I was doing all the time. You you had something to talk about. That's funny. That's so funny. So um, this is an album of 11 songs. Um, the, this one, Boys in the Street, getting tons of attention, Hold On Tight. Very, very successful first single. What do you, when you, you, you're doing a show tonight, what do you look forward to singing tonight? Because there are some really great songs on this record. I look forward to singing them all. I really do. You know, I don't have a, I don't have a particular favorite. I think Boys in the Street is always a nice moment because you see some people in the crowd who haven't heard it and I like to see their reaction. Mm. Um but you know I I I like I'm actually playing a couple of new songs too so I, I really enjoy playing new ones as I know. those are the ones you're really looking for, yeah. right? It's just fresh. Yeah. <laughs> um but but uh, can you tell me a little bit about Save Yourself? Yeah. I love that song. Thank you. Um that song is just about how you know, well, it's very simple. The message is very simple in the chorus, and it's you know about compassion. It's about knowing that in order to, um, or trying to understand that in order to to help anybody else in the world, you have to first help yourself. And I think that not enough people do that, and therefore people slip into this sort of mentality of like, well, what difference does it make? You know, I can't do anything, but you can. But the first thing you have to do is believe it on your own. And so uh, I'm going to ask you about one more song because I've been listening to the album a lot. Um, A lot since it first came out, but a little bit more uh, knowing I was going to see you today. And so I'm also curious to know a little bit more about I Won't Forget. That song is about me and my stepfather. (laughs) Really? Yeah. Was that, was, what was that like? It wasn't the greatest relationship we, we, um, didn't really see eye to eye through our entire relationship. And, um, you know, I just wanted to sort of put it down in writing how it felt. So if there's anybody out there that was going through a similar scenario that they would maybe be able to relate or. Yeah. I think that's, I, I, I kind of, I didn't know that, but I kind of knew that because it remind it made, made me think about, cause I, I don't have a, a great relationship with, with either of my parents. Mm-hmm. And it made me think about that yeah. a lot. A lot, a lot. It's my favorite song on the record. Oh, thank you. It's my absolute favorite song on the record. Um, do you start with an idea? Do you think I want to write about... I mean, you talked about earlier, you talked about the assignment of, of Boys in the Street because you were writing it for an organization. Um, you, I won't forget about your relationship with your stepfather. Did you think, you know, I really need to kind of work through how I feel about that relationship and do you start putting words and ideas together or 
or is it more a matter of something comes to you, you start playing it, and then before you know it, it's about something? Yeah, it's more of the latter. I mean, I write differently every time, but the the more important songs that I write, the ones that seem to be connecting with more people are the ones that, you know, and every time I tell the story, it sounds so pretentious, but they really do come just come to you. They They trap you in the middle of the night and you can't get them out of your head and you feel like, you're just throwing up this idea. You know, you don't, mm. you can't control it. It sort of is this stream of consciousness that comes through. And for that reason, I always feel like I'm supposed to write those songs. And that's when they always have a more universal meaning for other people and not just myself, you know, because I feel like I'm actually meant to be writing it. Um, it sounds so ridiculous saying it out loud, but, you know, I don't remember writing those songs. Usually some of the songs, some of the songs on the record, I just remember writing them. I remember the experience, who sure. I was with, you know, but Boys in the Street and, I won't forget. There's a, there's a couple of those songs that just sort of happened, and I they happened very quickly, and I couldn't I didn't really have much control over them. That's when you know you're really meant to be doing this. Yeah, totally. Greg Holden, really nice to finally meet you. you I'm too. a fan. I'm a big big fan, and and I appreciate you being so so uh, honest about all that's happening with you. I appreciate, appreciate the, the the good questions. You're very sweet. <laughs> the album by Greg Holden is called Chase the Sun. We're going to listen to another song from that album right now here on Sirius XM Q. I've been selling my name 